I was cruising through the first half of the marathon and in my mind, I was like, I could do two of these. What's the big deal? And I was not a runner. I came from uh, some health issues and I was just like, I got to run to do this. I know I could do it. And that ended up being the catalyst to start my, my health journey. But um, I was cruising through it and I saw the sign not almost there and it just crushed me. Your mind and your body is so intertwined. And I realized at that moment that something I saw affected me physically. And the rest of that marathon was a struggle. Every step was hard. Mile 18, I started, I started to develop cramps, more physical ailments. Mile 23 was a drag. But what's really interesting about the marathon that I didn't know, at mile 24, I looked behind me and there was literally like 10,000 people behind me, like walking. And I was like, you know what? Like people that are overwhelmed by something like a marathon, the trick is you take it one mile at a time and know there's always gonna be someone behind you. So as long as you're moving forward, you're, you're in a good spot. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for, even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Y'all, before we get started with today's episode, my girlfriend, Lori Harder, the founder of Light Pink, where a company that I am actually an investor in is joining me today. We're going to talk all about setting boundaries. Lori, the Light Pink holiday guide, I know you have so many tips in there and our girls can go and get this guide today. So I'd love for you to talk about what is in the guide and any tips you might have on the challenges setting boundaries in the holidays. Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you so much for having me just pop in on your podcast real quick because we have created the coolest stuff for the holidays for you guys. This is about taking all of the stress out of your holiday shopping and really enjoying this time of the year. So in the holiday guide, we have a free custom light pink holiday preset it's going to make all of your photos look so much better this year. And it's really, really easy to edit them. We have exclusive discounts. We have everything that supports small businesses, supports female-owned businesses, what to wear, best top picks for wellness, trendiest, most coveted gifts, conversation starters, cocktail recipes, and so much more. So it's really, we wanted you to be able to sit down, pour a glass of rosé or sparkling water, whatever you love, and just be able to get all of your shopping done and save you money and support women. So I'm really excited about the holiday guide. And as far as boundaries, I am, I think this is one of the biggest thing uh, this time of year that when we think of the holidays, it's like, you think it's going to be really fun. And then you also get equally stressed out. Do you feel that? Do you go home for a hundred million percent? Yes. Yes. So, you know, all the things. Chris and I have, we've been together for quite a while. I'm trying to think, I think, you know, we've merged uh, family holidays for probably the past, what, 17, 18 years and getting to a place now where we really love and look forward to the holidays has taken a lot of work. And I can tell you that it's all come from learning how to set boundaries. And one of the biggest things, if you're feeling stressed about going home right now, or you're feeling stressed about all of the parties is to get really clear on what it is that is working for you and that is not working for you. And we've sat down and made a list of all of the things that are not working for us. And we started to create ways to negate those things. So right about now, you're probably starting to get invited to, you know, 10, 20, 30 different things. And it's really getting clear together, whoever, you know, if you have a partner, if you don't have a partner, getting clear on what you want to do that year. And are there ways to kind of compact those things and put them together. Like Chris and I are having a Christmas party together, one for his team, one for my team. We're looking at all of the ways that maybe we can combine uh, seeing our friends if, if some of our friends want to see us throughout the year. And then also, as far as going home, do you go home for the holidays? Uh, we don't. 
You don't go home for the holidays. Okay. No, we do not. We take time for ourselves. So this, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. So this is a new yes, way of doing boundaries. That if it is not working for you, what is something that could work for you? I absolutely love that you just said that. So for us, we've sat down and said, okay, you know, we go home and we spend time uh, with our family or we go to a Christmas cabin for a week. And what wasn't working for us was waking up at, you know, 8 a.m. and spending time with our family nonstop and uh, from 8 a.m. in the morning until 9 or 10 at night. And by the time the week is over, you all hate each other and you can't wait to go home and you can't eat another thing you feel you feel crazy, you feel disgusting, you don't feel good, you you know, probably some fights have happened because nobody's happy. So it's like, what would make everybody happy? So we sat down and, and wrote out a schedule that we're not actually going to start the holiday festivities on this day or this day, or maybe all the days until 3pm or until 4pm. We'll meet you at 4pm every single day because we're going to do some work throughout the day. We're going to do some self care, we're going to go run some errands, we're going to go have some personal time. So For Chris and I, that's what we do. We set those boundaries. This is what you can expect. And here's the thing about boundaries, Christine. You know this, like you're not going to to make everybody happy. So it's literally knowing like you're going to disappoint people. 100%. Like 800%, this is us 100% of the time. We give people, like, I, we're Nathan and I are very much the same. Like, we do his family for, like, at home. We go at night. We do half a day, and then we're gone the next day. My family, you know, we've kind of not really done Christmas over the years because Nathan and I take two weeks to ourselves, and it pisses a lot of people off. But it really makes us the best versions of ourselves. And we do a lot for our families. So that is our boundary and it works really nicely for us. But you're right, it pisses a lot of people off, but it makes us better people. Yes, oh my gosh. And um, I just wanna share, Christina, you are an investor in Light Pink. I am. And I am like beyond grateful to have you. This is so exciting because this is all about supporting women. And that's so much about what the guide is about. And I can say that, you know, when you said yes to supporting this vision, it was just another step in really understanding what it looks like to really truly be able to take supporting women to the next level. And that's what this guide is completely based on is really, really taking it to the next level to support women. So a lot of the businesses in this guide are all about uh, supporting small businesses and bring awareness around that. Not just that they've given us really amazing exclusive discounts so that they can save money so you can save money this holiday season. So With that, we also have a huge bonus for everybody who goes and downloads this holiday guide. You will be entering a sweepstakes that you can win up to $2,800 in a tablescape, which is like the coolest uh, flatware, glasses, napkins, candle. It is the most beautiful tablescape you've ever seen in your life. And also one year of light pink. So All you have to do is go and enter the sweepstakes and then you immediately get access to download the holiday guide, which is exactly what we've been talking about on this podcast. Yeah. And that is in the link in our bio. That is the link in our show notes. You guys can go on my Instagram. You guys can find it. You can go on Lori's Instagram, but you guys are here. The Decided to Return podcast. Uh, Be Christina. Link in the bio. Look for that highlight bubble that says light pink. Push that enter here now button, you guys. And be sure to enter because who the hell does not want a whole year of light pink? I can't wait to get mine. You guys are going to win a year supply for free if you're over 21. So thank you, Lori, so much for being here, you guys. Set some boundaries for the holidays. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I am very excited for my guest. Joe Chura is on the show. I was on his podcast, Not Almost There, a few months back, and I absolutely loved the conversation. Joe is probably one of the most successful entrepreneurs I've had on the show. He's now an investor, a philanthropist, an absolute fitness guru. Today, we talked about all the ways that he believes someone can build a successful business and be a successful leader. You guys are going to absolutely love today's episode. Okay, y'all, I am super excited for today's guest. Joe Chura is joining me, and I didn't know Joe a couple months ago. His 
team reached out and asked if I would do his podcast and not almost there. And after the conversation, I was like, damn, that guy's pretty boss. And then your assistant, you may not know this, Joe, but your assistant messaged me back and she was so sweet. And she said it was one of her favorite podcasts. Whether she does that for everyone, I have absolutely no idea, but whatever. She was messaging me back and she said, um, you know, if you ever needed a guest, we would love like swap podcast and Joe would be on your podcast. And I was like, hell to the yes, let's book this. So I'm super excited that you're here today. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to have to give Colleen props on that one. I did not know that. Oh, well, there you go. So this isn't yeah. a technique that she normally uses. No. Well, I'm here for it. I enjoyed our podcast so much. And then the more that I actually, I try to do a little bit of background on every single person that I'm going on their show and I'm super grateful to have been on yours. Um, but you know, there's not a, there wasn't a ton on social media on you. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not too sure who this guy is. And then sure enough, I come to find out that you're like an extremely boss human being who shows up not only to business, but you know, health, life, family, all the things like 150%. So I want to dive into like your story because most of my audience will probably not know who you are. Um, you know, just because this is like mostly a female audience, uh, entrepreneur based mindset, confidence, all the things, but I would love for you to kind of give us a brief on who you are. And I'd love to start from like where you started, which is pretty insane from where you started to where you're at now. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Joe. Go right ahead. All right. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. My my story uh, is, is, it could be very long, so I'm going to uh, try to be as succinct as possible. But it, essentially, it starts with me on the working on the Chicago assembly line at the age of 20 years old. And I got that job not by wanting to work on an assembly line in a factory in Chicago. Um, and it was the Chicago assembly plant um, at, it still is, but at, at the time I was uh, again, 20. And uh, I started there because I found out I was gonna be a father. At uh, 19, I found that out. And a, a lot of friends, parents of mine, they worked at the plant. And the one thing I, I knew I needed because at the time I couldn't really take care of myself even at all, but I knew I needed benefits. So I was able to start my career there and, uh, and just learned a ton. And uh, as, I was, uh, as I was learning the job on, at the, on the assembly line, I realized quickly that it's something that, although it's a fantastic job and many people stay there their entire career, it just wasn't a forever thing for me. So I started to um, enroll in college and I would, I would go to, to school during, during the day and I would work at night and I would read my textbooks, my college textbooks in between building these cars. They would roll up in front of my job. Um, at the time I was put on seat belts and scuff plates and putting all these interior trim pieces on for the 1998 Ford Taurus. And I would read in between building the cars about 15 seconds. And I did that for five years and I finally graduated college uh, magna cum laude because it turns out that's a great way to retain information is, is by um, reading like just small snippets of info and going back and doing something and really thinking about what, what I just, just read. And, uh, and after I did that, I continued my career at Ford, left af after a decade. Um, so I went from the Ford assembly plant to the marketing sales division to staying in the automotive vertical for, for a bit. But then I created a digital marketing agency in 2011. And uh, that, was, that was a bootstrapped company. Our first office was out of the public library near our house. <laughs> and, Did you do uh, this by I, yourself? I'm, like, I'm gonna uh, ask these questions because I'm so curious because I just like yeah. love your story. So you were at Ford for 10 years and then you started your own digital marketing company and did you do this by yourself? Like what, what, like what experience did you have in digital marketing at the time? Yeah, sure. So at, I was at Ford for 10 years. When I left Ford, I actually became a car dealer for a couple of years. Um, so I stayed in the same vertical. I, and that's when I learned a bit about business. Uh, we are not a very well capitalized car dealership. So I learned how to manage cash flow. I learned how to manage people. And at, at the time I had to do all of the marketing at the dealership. And that really made me think about my roots and what I really was passionate about. And that was, that was digital marketing. Ever since I was a kid, I was programming computers 
And while my brothers would play video games in the other room, I was building, trying to build software and trying to do all this stuff on the Commodore 64. And, and so that time period allowed me to kind of go back to those roots, understand how digital marketing played in the automotive vertical. And this was the early 2000s. So at the time, it wasn't nearly what, what it is today. So, so I learned something called SEO, search engine optimization. That's basically how to help businesses. In fact, it was just my dealership rank for search terms. So if someone was Googling, you know, best Chevy dealer near me, I wanted to show up for that. So I would obsess of learning those techniques. And once I found out that, that I could be, that I can learn those and apply them to not only my business, but other businesses, I got with two partners of mine, one of which was in, was one of my vendors at the dealership. And then a friend of his owned a traditional digital or a traditional marketing agency. And we partnered up and we created a company called Launch Digital Marketing in 2011. That's so interesting. You know, one of, and I will say I've, in the past year, I have hired an SEO um, person to my team and for a long time, like, and I'm sure that there's people listening, like I had no clue. Like I was just like, what? I don't, like, I know nothing about computers. Like I barely know how to use my Google drive. Like that's how stupid I am when it comes to this kind of <laughs> stuff. It's amazing. I've been able to create what I have from being as so low tech as I am. But one of my good friends in Canada, she actually owns um, one of the biggest recipe companies online and how she did it is she's basically an SEO expert that is really so she owns keywords on the internet so like green chili orange cheese I don't know tomatoes like she owns the words and so she's all of her recipes are so SEO you know targeted that's how she's actually created like this 10 plus million dollar company which is obviously exactly what you did but just in the car industry <laughs> yeah and what's what's funny too like right around that time period it's it's one thing if you read about really any topic right so like in this case i was reading and listening to podcasts about seo but it's another thing when you take what you learn and put it into practice so i decided to build a website over a weekend and I wanted to build a website to, to inform Ford employees the benefits that they get for uh, to get discounts on cars. So the, the website was called FordEmployeePlan.com. And it was basically, I built a calculator, just information about the discount an employee would get. And the target audience was obviously Ford employees who just didn't understand the benefits. And Ford wasn't doing a good job of, of uh, marketing this. So what, what happened was, over the uh, the course of literally like two or three weeks, I started to rank number one for the term Ford employee discount. And it doesn't seem like that would yield a lot of traffic, but it's it was such a niche. And then I heard a term later in life, niches are for the, the uh, uh, riches. And this totally made sense is that it was such a niche market that I dominated in search. So all of the search traffic would funnel to me. And then I put on what's called AdSense on the website. So that means that any times that I would allow Google to place an ad on my website, and anytime someone would, would click on that ad, I would get paid. Mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how Google's business works, obviously. So long story short, the first month I made from passive income about $800 by doing nothing except just building this informational-based website and put it on putting on Google AdSense. And then I had the idea, if I just keep this thing going, which didn't require hardly any work, I could pay for my kids' college just by a weekend of work. And that actually came true uh, when my first daughter went, went to, to school uh, a couple of years ago. That is truly incredible. I want <laughs> everyone to listen. Like everyone that's listening to this, I want you to pay attention. He was literally playing the long game strategy. He found like a problem that he could solve, which I think like so many people are trying to like copy other people or whatever. You're like, oh, no one is doing this. Like no one is talking about a Ford employee discount. Like I can serve another human being. Oh, and then you got paid shit tons of money by doing it. Like it is just so incredible to me. I just think like that is the best business sense that you can possibly have. It's just by fixing a problem. So obviously you started there, it ended up working really well. And then fast forward a few years, because I, I do want to talk about like, 
how you're living your life right now and like yep. why you're continuing to show up. Cause I think that that's really, really important. But so fast forward, you grew another company and then you guys sold out in 2008. Is that correct? Or 2018. 2018 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So 2013, I created another company in the same vertical. So the, so the first company was a digital advertising agency. We covered a lot of businesses, a broad spectrum, but Mainly, um, I would say 75% of that business was in the automotive vertical, just given my, my background. And then what we found is, is there was a big opportunity to solve a problem for dealers that didn't have good websites, that, that when we could drive this traffic and create SEO and, and SEM and, and drive traffic to these websites, but the websites were crappy. So it's like you're driving everyone to a fancy restaurant, but the restaurant experience is horrible, right? People are going to leave and not come back. And that's what we found on in the website space in automotive. So we said, well, why don't we why don't we build a website? Well, I learned a bunch of lessons in building my first business with uh, with the partners, and it wasn't necessarily just the partners. It was just the structure of the business and a bunch of other things. That I said, if we're going to do this, I want to create a separate entity, uh, structure the cap table differently, so that the ownership and really build this thing out. And that's exactly what what we did in, in 2013, I had three employees pretty much bootstrapped the entire company. We, we took a convertible note, which is basically a loan that we'd have to pay back or that loan would turn into stock um, for $300,000. And in 2013, I lost, our revenue was $300,000. Our expenses were $600,000. So I actually lost that $300,000, but by 2017, we were ranked number 39 fastest growing company in America. And we had about 250 employees. Unbelievable. Okay. I want to ask a question right there because I know that so many people give up when things get hard. I never lost 300,000, but I lost $50,000 um, doing a live event four, three or four years ago. And in that moment, I know so many people would have just like packed it in and made the story around, I suck. This isn't for me. I'm not good at this. How did you decide? Cause obviously the, you know, the, the topic of this podcast is deciding it's your turn, but how did you decide in that moment after getting like hammered for $300,000 or more how did you decide to keep moving? Like, what was it inside of you that like kept you going through that hard time? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. To me, there is no other way. And that's, and that's what, what I think needs to happen. If there's another way out, typically you're going to, you're going to take it. For me, there's no other way. So you can't create a way out. You can't create an escape hatch. Like you need to persevere. And that sounds cliche, but, but it's really true. The other thing is in the reality of, of the business, if you're, key performance indicators are, are going up in the right direction. And those could be a multitude of things. In mine were revenue, it was, it was client count. Um, those were really important. I didn't really focus on profit at that point in time. But if those two things were going the right way, I knew I was, I was onto something. If, let's just say they weren't, and I had no customers after the first year, and I just lost $300,000, it might've been different, but, but I knew I had something because of that. And you may not even be able to monetize your business, but, you know, just like your podcast and mine, right? I mean, you don't, you don't, you're more not doing this for the money. It's a lot of work, a lot of work, probably the hardest, uh, the hardest obligation you have because you're, 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 you have to have these conversations, edit them. But what happens is over time, you start to build an, an audience. And if let's just say that you created your podcast and two years later, you still have no one listening, you're probably going to stop. And, and I wouldn't blame you. If you have people listening, that doesn't mean you're, you're making money on it, but that means your KPIs are going in the right direction. So you, you have to establish what those are. For me, it was, it was those, those things I mentioned. I would say that, again, having no way out is the way to go because um, if there's a way, like I said, you'll find it. Um, you'll find it. Hmm. I mean, totally a tip for one of like how to be successful, how to be successful in business, how to be successful in life, how to be successful in anything. You know, before we uh, hit record today, I had a post that I put out about, you know, a, a life, a life issue that came up for me in the past little while. I know that this podcast will be released in a month or two, so it'll be old news. But, you know, it's just kind of like the same thing in your relationship. If you have an out, if you have something that allows you to get out, chances are you're going to. Like the human nature is to do default to the easiest thing. But like figuring out how to 
do the hard thing and never have, like, to me, I totally agree with you. Like there is zero chance in hell I'm ever quitting. I'll always figure out a way around it. And obviously, you know, you're a crazy, um, fit athlete now who does all these amazing, like fitnessy type of things, which I'm just proud of myself that I walk like an hour a day and use a Stairmaster and go to the gym five days a week. Like to me, I feel oh, like I'm awesome. A- it is pretty awesome for yeah, myself. I will totally take it. But for you, like, like all of the things that you do, like the crazy Iron Man type of shit that you do, um, <laughs> it's, it's not much, but I think that like, that's the same thing in fitness. It's the same thing. You know, you're not almost there that like, I love the fact I read a post that you did about the reason why you called your podcast, um, not almost there. You were doing, it was it a marathon, Boston marathon. Yeah, it was, yeah, mar- it was, it was the Chicago marathon. marathon. Chicago marathon, you're doing a Chicago marathon and it just proved like how much mindset is a part of everything. And someone was sitting on the side of the street saying, uh, that had a sign that basically said, guess what? You're not almost there. You still have forever to go. And your body and your mind works are so controlled that you're like started to like not do as well because you're like, Oh shit, I still have so far to go. And I think that that's just such an incredible. And, and if that sign would have said, Hey, don't worry, you're almost there. Your body would have reacted in a completely different way. So I love the fact that you call your podcast, not almost there. And it'll like, everyone needs to listen to this podcast because you bring on such amazing people who have had such success in their lives, such success in their business and people who keep going no matter what. Like when you saw that sign, I, I would love for you to explain, I know we're jumping all around, but I'm just so obsessed. Um, I would love for you to explain what happened in that moment when you saw that sign. Yeah, I think you described it well. I, I was cruising through the first half of the marathon and in my mind, I was like, I could do two of these. What's the big deal? And I was not a runner. I came from uh, some health issues and I was just like, I got to run to do this. I know I could do it. And that ended up being the catalyst to start my, my health journey. But um, I was cruising through it and I saw the sign not almost there and it just crushed me. Your mind and your body is so intertwined. And I realized at that moment that something I saw affected me physically. And the rest of that marathon was a struggle. Every step was hard. Mile 18, I started I started to develop cramps, more physical ailments. Mile 23 was a drag. But what's really interesting about the marathon that I didn't know at mile 24, I looked behind me and there was literally like 10,000 people behind me, like walking. And I was like, you know what, like people that are overwhelmed by something like a marathon, the trick is you take it one mile at a time and know there's always going to be someone behind you. So as long as you're moving forward, you're, you're in a good spot. So that's, that's kind of what happened. And it, it really sent me on this journey to figure out mind over matter and how much your mind controls things. And life, life is set up in a way where nothing is easy. Nothing great is easy, Right. Um, you don't, no one hands you a company, you don't hand you health and wellness, no one hands you a great marriage, great kids, like you got to work toward all this stuff, you just do. And not almost there means there's always opportunity, no matter what you're doing in life, there's always opportunity to learn from others to get better. And that doesn't mean that you can't rest and be happy with where you're at, you absolutely should and can and celebrate the wins. But it means that you know, there's, once you hit this mountain, and I learned this also, Christina, by selling my businesses, I thought I was going to hit this pinnacle nirvana moment. And I was like, going to lay on a pillow forever and say, like, like, look at I'm successful. And that's exactly the opposite of what happened. I felt empty. And I was like, okay, this was the top of the mountain. And what I realized it was the journey. So it's always about creating these new journeys for yourself. And it's easier said than done. But once you do it and you realize it and you have a successful event, uh, just know that that doesn't define success. Like, like you still have to then wake up the next day and do something else. Again, you could celebrate that win, but sign up for something or have another goal in mind and, and start training for that. So I guess this is kind of stepping into this is a perfect transition. So you sold your businesses in 2018. You thought you were going to lay on that pillow and be like, holy <laughs> shit, I couldn't pay my water bill. Like, less than 20 years ago. And now I'm like, unbelievably successful. I had one of the biggest buyouts in Chicago at the time. What happened then that like, tell us what happened then, because I'm assuming it it comes down to like, now that this, that's why you're on this leadership journey and this like health and wellness journey and like this inspirational journey. Like you are truly, I'm sure that this all ties together, but like what happened in that moment where you're like, Oh, 
I thought this was it. Yeah. So um, the first the first day that it, that it like the deal was announced and closed, it was an unreal feeling. It's just like you're living this out of body experience because again, a, a decade earlier, I couldn't pay my water bill and my water was shut off in my house, like lit, like literally. Um, and uh, and now I'm sitting here just with this gratitude of like, how did I get here? Not only was I did I have a successful exit, but I had a I had a great company and I still do. I have I had great employees. I I created something out of nothing and provided uh provide an environment where people can have a very healthy career and good career. And from that, they were able to buy their own houses and have their own families. And so it was just like this, I stand on top of this mountain with this flag and it's like, like I did it. And then what happened is the next week or next month, like that started to fizzle, just like anything does in life mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It just starts to fizzle after a while. And you're like, okay, now what? And that now what really led me into questioning my why, and I've, I'm sure you talk about this and, and you could attest to this, but it's like, what, well, what's the purpose of all this stuff? And for me, what, what happened is I sacrificed my health more than anything by building this business and my family. And when I say sacrifice my family, I was there for them physically, but not, but not mentally. I wasn't present. I was having conversations, but not really. I was always thinking about work and I put everything first. And what I realized is, is my health had really gone downhill. Um, when I was 20, I had heart surgery. When I was 30, I had back surgery. And I knew that I needed to do something. Otherwise, everything that I just built would, would have been for nothing because I would have had a heart attack and died. Um, Did you have the heart attack? Like, was your heart attack tied to the fact of like your stress levels and everything? Or was it completely something different? Yeah, I didn't have a heart attack. I had what's called WPW syndrome. And it's this extra accessory pathway in the electrical the electrical system of your heart. And it would basically cause my heart to race to 250 beats a minute, just like out of nowhere. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, you hear athletes having it that just all of a sudden a healthy athlete just dies and you're like, what the heck happened? It's like, it was that kind of thing. So, so I had uh, surgery where they had catheters down my neck and through my groin and I had to be awake for the whole thing. And it was five hours oh. and they controlled your heart rate from this machine. It was, it was, wasn't painful, but it was the scariest thing ever. Cause I'm like, what if the power goes out at this hospital? You know, like they're, <laughs> they're controlling my heart beat. And they, they have to find this extra pathway. That's one tenth the size of one of your hairs on your head. So just imagine that. And the science behind this, it's, it's incredible. And they found it and they ablated it basically. And, and so I had that when I was 20, but because of that, I was always kind of like scared. Um, and then when I was, when I was 30, I had developed back issues from working at the planning, being, being an athlete in, in a high school. And I couldn't, I got to the point where I couldn't walk because I had two herniated discs in my back and it was just horrible. So I ended up having surgery for it. And, and then in 2015, I saw this, this person, his name is Cedric King at this event. And he was a double amputee from, uh, an army ranger was in the Af Afghanistan war. And uh, he got up there and spoke and was talking about how he was really depressed after it happened, but turned his life around and since ran multiple marathons, did Ironmans. And I was, I turned to my business partner, I'm like 250 pounds at the time. And I'm like, we're doing that this year. And that was the catalyst of starting everything. So then when I sold the businesses, going, going back to that, it really made me focus on more on health and wellness. And not only for myself, but being an example for my family, my peers, my friends, because we always, we tended at the time to play a lot of defense. You'd wake up in the morning, you'd have clients coming at you, you'd have, you'd have internal employee issues. And, and what I found is that if you don't take the time for yourself in the morning and, and for everyone that's, that's different, that timing's different. But for me, it was 5.30 AM, wake up with my wife, we would work out. And I started to play offense. I had time to breathe. And then I would tackle my day instead of let my day tackle me. And then that led into um, having an event called Refuel that I started in 2017. So this year is going to be the fifth year of Refuel. And that started as a small event to give back to my employees. And it turned into an event for uh, clients, for um, really anyone that that wanted, wants to get something out of it, wants to get some motivation or wants to hear people that tackle adversity. And I, I've had amazing speakers over the years attend that. 
Um, and then I had a charity component on to that. So I raised money for, for charity. Every ticket that I would sell, I would donate. And uh, this last year was all virtual and we, we raised $85,000. I had 10,000 people view it live. Had guys That's like Jesse. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jesse and Tony, Tony Hawk. Thank you. And, uh, and it, it really started to become my why. I'm like, I get such, I get such a return from this event and from giving back to people. And you know this very well, that the secret to life is to give, not to receive. You get so much more from it. And that's what refuel was. And that turned into really becoming my why, which then turned into like, why am I doing this once a year? I could do this once a week in a podcast. So, so now, now I have I'm still having refuel in, in December, but I have this podcast that, that is really kind of a play off that. Um, so that's where it's at. That is so, so cool. So obviously like you answered the question of like, why the podcast? Hey ladies, listen up. I wanted to let you know that Decide It's Your Turn Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now and women are walking away more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. This mastermind includes one-on-one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina. Check the show notes, send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there and I can't wait. You know, I, I even asked you this question before we turned the mic on. I said, are you still the CEO of these companies? And you said, yes. So you're still working full-time for the company. You still have like your CEO job. And on top of it, you're leading these refuel events. I, you had a, an event called Go this year as well, right? Yep. Yeah. What, what's that event? Can, yeah, can so we, it, before we go on, can everyone come to the refuel event or yeah, just like a certain um, people? Yeah. So, so this year because of COVID, it'll be a hybrid event. So if you really want to go and when I announce this, the speakers, I have a feeling that some people will in your audience, just reach out to me. We're going to have a limited amount of, of uh, people in person because of COVID, but um, it'll be streamed live. So you can definitely tune in no matter where you're at. It's in the Chicagoland area, December 15th. Um, so, so that, that event is uh, normally we, we could, it's, it's in a church and we fill it up. There's like 1200 seats. Um, so, but I, I think that COVID was a blessing in the sense that it was able to reach so many more people. And, and I was kind of, I was like, how is this going to be cool? But what, what ended up happening and kudos to Tony Hawk, Jesse Itzler, uh, Myrna and a few other speakers, like they actually flew out there and filmed it on stage because I wanted it to be as real as possible. I didn't want it to be a, a, a meeting like zoom and whatnot, you yeah. know what I mean? For like, for like a big keynote, like it just didn't feel right. So um, that said, so, so go was, um, go was an event that, that I wanted to really focus on something I learned from rich Roll, and that is mood follows action. And what that means is when you, when you take action in your life, your mood typically follows many times we, we sit back and we talk about doing something or we complain about something, but we hardly do anything about it. Well, when you start to do something um, no matter what it is, like your mood typically will follow that. And Go was was just that in that we brought in speakers, three speakers, and we started the day off with a 5K race. It was an obstacle race. Then we had Rich Roll speak, did a fireside chat with me. Then we did self-defense training. And then I had Jordan Burroughs speak, who's an, Olymp- who's an uh, Olympic gold medalist wrestler. And then we had Cedric King, the guy that inspired me in 2015 speak. And then we ended the day with yoga. So it was one of the first events that I've seen personally that combined in one day action plus inspiration, but it was just to get people starting the day off right. And all of a sudden they're just pumped for the, for the whole day that they, most of them did something way out of their comfort zone, something really hard. And so we had about a hundred people there this, this first year. And it was just a ton of fun to see people overcome their own roadblocks and mental adversity. 
Oh, I think that's so cool because I, I totally agree with you. Even this past weekend, my husband and I were out of town and I was sitting at the bar. We were sitting at the bar and there was this woman. I ended up drumming up a conversation with her and she's like, um, she was talking about social media and morning routine and working out. Obviously she was my girl. I was like, oh my God, I could talk to this woman all day, but she's like, how are you so motivated to wake up that early? Cause I wake up between four 30 and five every day. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I ain't fucking motivated. What are you talking about? I'm not motivated at all every single day to wake up. I just do it because I'm playing the long game. I'm doing it because I want the long-term results. So I love what you said there about mood is inspired by action, which is mood follows action. Yeah. Mood follows action. Sorry about that. Um, mood follows action, which is like so true, right? Like my mood gets better once I get my ass out of the bed and <laughs> take yeah. the action on. That's exactly something. right. Exactly right. And then you think about it later versus like, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait till tomorrow or Monday. My wife and I used to always do this. We were like, you know, let's let's do whatever we want to do this weekend because Monday the diet starts, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it gives you a reason to do something bad in the present moment. But, you know, that's that's the other thing. Like, remember tomorrow or if not now, when? Like, these are all the things I tell myself. I was just doing a a run recently, I had to do a marathon training run. So it wasn't a marathon, like in the sense of like a marathon with other people, I had to run 26.2 miles training for this Spartan ultra race that I'm doing on this coming Saturday, which is in uh, September. So um, when I was running though, I, and I was 18 miles in and again, hit this mental roadblock. And I told myself, if not now, when the race, the race is coming up in two weeks from now, if I'm not going to do this run, this training run, when am I going to do it? It, it, it won't happen. So if not now, when? So it's like, it's like, you have to like, think about these things for your own mind. Like some of these may work. Some of them may not work. If you take one, feel free to use use any of them and then put them in your mental toolbox. And when you feel like you're hitting a roadblock or you don't want to do something, take them out and use them. Mm. So going back to when you were building the businesses and you were starting out, what is something that would have allowed you, obviously, like, you know, everything happened for a reason, you are where you are for a reason. But if you could go back and talk to Joe, you know, 10 years ago, what is something that you would have done differently along the journey to build the success that you now know helps your success? Like, what would you have done differently? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Obviously, and, and everything. But, but someone listening yeah, to this podcast yeah, can totally. take what totally. you would have done. <laughs> so I was very much of a. I, I would say that I wasn't the best, like, team player in the sense that, like, I wanted to do it all myself and build a company all on my own, and didn't really rely on my partners much. And that there's various reasons why that happened. But what ended up happening is because I was so, I wanted things to happen so quickly. And I was, I was just didn't have patience. I did not get the leadership support that I needed. Like when we sold, I didn't have a CFO. I didn't have a COO. When we were doing diligence, I was having to do like everything, like almost everything. Uh, and it was, it was quite cumbersome. And I think my life would have been a lot easier and I would have been able to play a lot more offense if I had got the right support. So I think that requires an investment and I could have done that. And I should have had those supporting people earlier to help, to help lead with me instead of me being kind of this, this solo person at the helm. Um, I could have done a lot better there, I would say. That's so good. You know, it's interesting that you say that. So my elite business mastermind for uh, women who are, you know, doing at least six figures in business and we just ended, it's a six month mastermind. And one of the attendees, um, one of the clients, she sent me a message and she's like, you know, the thing that I've learned most, like her business is flourished and all the things, but she said, if I would have had to pay, you know, the $15,000 investment or whatever, again, I would tell anyone to do it. And the one thing that I learned was the fact that life is not to be done alone and you need support. And she said, this group has given me the support that I, for such a long time, told myself I should be able to do by myself. I didn't need anyone else around me. And 
that like, even if you go to, you know, faith-based, you know, like we are supposed to use one another. Like that is the reason why we're here. And it's so interesting. You said like, one of the things that you now know to be true is that like, when you're helping another human being, life is so much better. Like that is the reason why we're all put on this planet. So it's so interesting that our minds tell us we should be doing everything by ourselves. And yet the thing that brings us the most joy is helping others. It's just like this weird Yeah, it's, it is so true. And I still struggle with it. Even now, when I think about new ventures, I have to take a step back and say, I need help here. I need help in these areas. And it's hard to ask for help. Right. But it's a blessing to others as well, though. It's like, you know, to others. Exactly. That's exactly (sighs) right. I got to I got to tell myself that. And it's, and it's, but again, it's easier said, said than done, but, and it's taken those small steps to say, okay, I need to find areas that I'm not good at. Like, like you just mentioned something earlier, you didn't, you had a hard time finding a lot of information about me, right? Because yeah, I have the website and I put a little information there, but on social, I find consistent posting, posting isn't my thing. Like I'll get in, in waves or spurts, or I'll have motivations and I'm like, oh yeah, I really want to post this and get it out there. But then like, a week later, I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like doing it right now. I'm, I'm too tied up. So I got to fill that void with help from, from other people, right. To, to stay on that. So it's just like figuring out what you're not good at, or you don't really want to do. And then asking for help in those areas. And, and that is something I've realized and I, I'm still learning every day. Absolutely. Right. One of my old mentors, he said something that I thought was really, really good and not everyone can implement it like in the very beginning. And he would probably disagree with me, but I do believe he said, if it doesn't bring you joy and it doesn't bring you income, figure out how to get rid of it Ooh. or figure out how to delegate. Isn't that good? I love it. I love it. Cause it's so, it's so true. It's bang on. So do you, like from that moment on, I started hiring someone to uh, do all my laundry, go do my errands. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, yeah. laundry brings me like, you know, some people are like, oh, I hate like doing yard work, right? Well, I delegate yeah. that shit too, but like, hey, going to the grocery store or whatever it is, but like figure out how to delegate that. And if you can't, even in the beginning, he said, you know, even if it was social media, right? And if you, you're like, well, I don't have any money to pay someone else. I'm like, figure out how to swap it out, figure out how to switch, figure out like I have clients who are just starting out who I'm like, okay, there is another person who's starting out as well that knows that better than you do, but you know this better than them. So go switch it out and like get rid of the things that do not bring you joy or income and you will grow faster and be happier. That is, that's so right on. I'm going to use that for sure. For sure. It wasn't mine. It was my mentor, Chris Harder, uh, but I thought it was like bang on. So well, yeah, all yeah. of these quotes, all of these quotes that all of us say, like, they're not ours. Find their, uh, no, they're, they're not. I want to find out who actually was the first person to say it because it's just like this onion and it keeps going back and back, you know? So it's like the rich roll quote that, that I mentioned or the one I learned from him, that's from Al- Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, and I'm sure that was from something. So, I mean, usually there, this, there's a derivative of like the Bible or, you know, something like that, that these quotes come from, but, it, totally. but they're all powerful. Absolutely. It's so funny that you say AA because there's so many quotes. Uh, I have someone in my family who uh, struggles with addiction. And so I went to Al-Anon for a really long time. And there's so many quotes from Al-Anon. You know, Al-Anon is for uh, families of alcoholic, uh, alcoholics and substance abuse and all the things. And there's so many quotes in there that people now are using like in the motivational space. And I'm like, hold the fucking phone. That is from AA Al-Anon. I know where that's from. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Um, got a couple of minutes left. One thing that did uh, trigger me here is have, have you all, have you and your wife, the journey that you've been on together, you said that you and your wife are now working out together before we hit record, you were talking about you and your wife are going to any of these hikes. Has she always been on board to, to this lifestyle or was it when you got on board, she got on board? Uh, I think that we were kind of waiting for each other. There was never like I had to push her. She has to push me type thing. It was like, um, as an example, we had a, we had a gym in our basement, like many do. Yeah. And we would just, we had it for a year before we even used it. And then finally we were like, okay, how are we going to use this gym? I'm like, I'm just going to find a trainer to come over and knock on our door at 530 AM. Cause that's our issue. It's waking up to do it. Cause there's always like, Oh, let's sleep in. There's always a reason not, not to do something. And we were finding that reason every day. 
So hired a trainer. The trainer comes here five days a week now. Um, my wife comes downstairs at five o'clock. I come strolling down to 525 and at 530, we're off and, and uh, working out. So we're, we're very much in it together and we like to do adventure stuff together. I don't think there was like a catalyst from either one of us. It was kind of like at the same time, like we want to be around for our kids. That's our, that's our why behind all this. You know, we're not looking to be in any magazines or anything like that. And then the, the one tip I'll, I'll give people is that once you get like a, an event on a calendar, like a Spartan race or a run or a race, I don't care what it is, get that on the calendar because your workouts have a different meaning, meaning you're not just waking up just to work out. And if you miss one, that's okay. You're training for something. So, and it doesn't matter if it's out two years, if it's out a year, if it's six months and start small. And then that way you can work towards something every day. And, and that's, and that's what we found to be very helpful for us. We're always training for something. And as soon as we finish this race on Saturday, we'll sign up for something else because you know, that those workouts just have different meaning. Oh my gosh. I think that tip is fantastic. Like I love, like I always do. I, I think that like one of the things that you always need is you need accountability and you need skin in the game. Like clearly these Spartan races are not free. Clearly you've signed up to say you're going to go. Clearly people know that you're going, like you're going to be there and that you say you're going to show up and you sure shit do not want to finish last. And if you, if it's your first one and you do finish last, at least you actually freaking did it. Like, I think it's so unbelievably helpful that people realize that like, put some skin in the game, have something to show up for. It's dramatically game changing for, for myself. I mean, is I always think if, you know, if there's money involved, you know, if it's raining and you've got a hundred dollars for a workout class already paid for, and your girlfriend's going to be there in the morning, your ass is going to get up in the rain and go. But if you, if not, guess what? You're hitting that snooze button and you're staying in bed. So I love that. I love that you said that. And I love that you and your wife are doing this together. D does she do the Spartan races as well? Yeah, she's doing it with me. She's so I'm doing the ultra and she's doing the beast, which is the beast is insane in itself. It's like 13 to 14 miles in the Tahoe Mountains this weekend. And mine's uh mine's 30 miles. But um, you know, she's been crushing it in her training and rope climbing. I mean, we're not, you know, we're in our we're in our 40s, so it's not like you know, we're 20 years old and can fly up these ropes anymore. It's like everything's a bit of a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun and and uh, it's it's a journey we like to do together for sure. Oh, I think that's so, so important. I, I do believe that having something in common in a relationship makes things dramatically better. Like I, I want to be friends with my husband. I want to enjoy the same things. And I think that that's super helpful. I just always get the question, like, how did you get your husband on board? How did you get your husband on board? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't force him to do shit. I was just evolving and changing and he got on board. So I was just curious from a man's perspective outside of our relationship. If there was like one of you that was like, Hey, like I'm doing this thing. <laughs> get on board. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause I'm usually the antagonist. Like I, I got a cold punch pool recently and I'm like, and she's like, you're nuts. But I finally got her to go in it last week. And she actually signed up for the Spartan race first and, and told me about it. And we had uh, her girlfriend's husband signed up for the ultra. That's how I got wrapped up into that. And then I asked a bunch of my friends and all, every one of them said, yes. So we have like this huge crew that, that, you know, we're doing it with. And we created a little group and just sharing tips and whatnot. So if nothing else, it's going to be fun and we're going to create stories. And, you know, that may seem overwhelming to many sign up for a 5k, sign up for, for anything. Um, and I would say that you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of spouses that, that I see that aren't into this stuff, but um, I would say, you know, just think about life and longevity and your children or your family and, uh, and know that the harder you work now, the easier life becomes the, the easier you make life now, the harder your life becomes. So it's, that's what I keep thinking about. It's like, you know, if I put in the work now when we're 80 years old, we're going to be holding hands somewhere versus, versus in, in hospice, you know, and oh. I hate to say it, but it's true. You know, you got to, you got to get moving. 100% a body in motion stays in motion, a body uh, stagnant stays stagnant. And I love what you said there too, about the fact that like doing like our motto is we do hard things. My husband, I was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and I was like literally deciding if I was going to stay in the summit one night. Um, it's like, like there's only like one guiding company that allows you to do it. And I called my husband from the tent that night and I was like, okay, so I'm physically healthy. It's going to be the hardest thing ever. It's going to be like minus 30. Should I stay in this, 
in the crater, give me your advice. And he said, well, as long as you're safe, we do hard things. And from then on, it's like, just been such a, like, um, kind of like our motto is that, you know, we always are willing to do hard things because when you do hard things in the moment and you're not looking for that, like immediate gratification and you're willing to play the long game and you're willing to be consistent and you do those things, life becomes so much easier at the end. So I love it. I love that so much. And the cold plunge pool, that is so friggin' cool. I, I kind of want one, but I also absolutely fucking hate the cold so <laughs> it's the it's the feeling afterwards in it it's miserable, miserable. i don't care how many, how many times, times how many times you do it but after the fact you're you're golden for like six seven hours you just have this chill over your body that's that's amazing but i have to get your advice on yeah. the, uh, mount mount kilimanjaro later so i'll, I'll ping you back on that because that's something that's on my bucket list for sure Dude, you've got to do it. It's the greatest experience of my whole entire life. And I've done nothing. Like I literally had never slept in a tent in my life. I was asked to go do it for a children's hospital that I had raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for. And they asked me like on the golf course, I played golf for them. And then they trapped me into a dinner one night and asked me if I wanted to go climb Kilimanjaro. And I literally at the table said, where is that? <laughs> Where do you go? Where do you fly? How do you do this? And in one month, I went from like literally never sleeping in a tent to having everything I could possibly need to go climb. And it was a bougie ass climb. I will tell you that. So you would, you could go tomorrow and be completely fine. But I do believe God prepared me because I've been doing the Stairmaster pretty much, you know, almost every day of my life. Well, COVID, there was like that six months that I didn't until I bought one for my garage, but um, for like the last 15 years. And so for me, I was like, okay, this is easy. It's like the mind of it. Right. And like the fact that I just told you, I hate cold. And we um, summited on the coldest day of the year in 2019. It was kind of crazy. It was like minus 30 degrees. I got really sick. Um, they gave me a medicine for my brain swelling. I got really sick. Um, but besides that, greatest experience ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Was, I'm, I'm going to get some more detailed tips from you when it, when the yeah, time comes. For sure. I want to get that I'm, on our list. A hundred percent. I'm happy to happy to do it. I was actually, we were talking before um, we turned on, I want to do Jesse Isler's uh, 29029, like the Everest experience in the United States. Like I'm totally signing up next year. I want him on my podcast and I'm signing my husband and I up. I just want to do it so bad. Yeah, that, that would be great. Well, if you ever put one on, because you are probably a person who would, let me know because I will come do yours. <laughs> there's actually, it's funny, there's a ski hill like right by my house, which is weird that there's a ski hill in Chicago land. Yeah. But, but there is, and we use that for training runs. And I was looking at it recently and, and I'm like, this should be our next go event, doing something up this hill. And he, and Jesse also does that backyard race. Yeah. So you could just, you could just do so much with a, with a, a, a ski hill that, I'm really intrigued. I'm probably thinking about something for next summer. So. Oh my God, I'm in. Sign me up. Just like, here's my credit card. Sign me up. I'm so <laughs> fucking in. Like once you know the dates, let me know so I can put on my schedule. I'm dead. Like I'm actually 100% serious. I wanted to do something like this. I just haven't pushed myself hard enough to do any of like the things. Because like you said, I don't have anything on my schedule. So I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Like I'll yeah. go for a walk. I'll jump on the stairmaster. Well, when, when it 29 and 29 comes out, sign up for it immediately. Oh, no, exactly. A hundred percent. I want to know when the dates are. Okay. Final question before I let you go. If there was a one decision that you ever had to make in your life that you were afraid to make, but once you made it, it turned out to be the best decision ever. And if you did make it and it turned out to be a bad one, what was the lesson that you learned? Yeah, good question. So the decision that there it has to be a million of them, but the one that jumps out to me first was I had 10 years of a pension at Ford Motor Company, a great career. I was on the right track to be a, um, a manager there, a leader, and just do all these good things in Ford corporate. And I gave all that up to, to jump into another, another side of the business. Um, and that's what I alluded to earlier to be a, become a car dealer. And it turned out to be the, the worst thing at the time for me. And I didn't understand how the dots connected and I really didn't like it and I wasn't very good at it. But what I realized is it was that experience that got me to where I am. It was a stepping stone that at the time was, was rubble, completely broke and, and, uh, did not make a lot of sense. 
um, after I had, after I was like a few months into it, I was like, what did I do? But, but again, it, it kind of led me to where I am. And I'll say in closing that the dots never connect forward, but they always connect backwards. And that's certainly a, a dot that if I didn't have that experience, if I didn't leave forward in that comfortable state at that time in my life, there's no way that I would have created the companies I did or be even on this podcast with you today. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. Joe, let everyone know where they can find you besides where it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Notalmostthere.com is my website podcast. You can look it up anywhere. Not almost there. And uh, a YouTube channel as well. So feel free to reach out. My email is joe at notalmostthere.com. If I could be of any help or service to you and I'll also send you the, the lineup for Refuel this year because I have an amazing lineup and you could share it with your, with your audience. But thank you so much for having me, Christina. I loved it so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.